Balloon fight. You'll need lightning fast reactions to win this battle in the sky. to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. I'm Sam. I'm Joe. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Joe remote again, but to, to no one's uh, concerns. Uh, live via Snapchat. It, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. I mean, I don't even have it on my phone and I know that. Like. <laughs> via Snapchat live. Yeah. I, I never couldn't get on the Snapchat thing. It's all right. It's all right. Joe's I'm here gonna, on it. Yeah, Joe's on it. So I'm that's on all it. we need. Look for me Joe. You're Joe. In the, yeah, that's it. He, he got in really early. Just search Joe on yeah, Snapchat. That's it. And you got it. it. Okay. Uh, yeah, Joe plays a lot of retro games on Snapchat. And speaking of retro games, that's what we cover here. Today we're doing Balloon Fight. Uh, Balloon Fight released on the NES in August of 1986, but uh, it was an arcade game first in the Verse system line. It was Verse Balloon Fight, released in 1984. Programmed by Satoru Iwata and... Um, it was uh, the game developer, or game developer was Nintendo, but the game designer was Sakamoto, who we've been talking about a lot in this podcast recently. Uh, Wrecking Crew, Donkey Kong Jr., uh, those are two that we talked about him being responsible for. Obviously, now he's much more well-known for Metroid, but those are two other games that he made. But this game, because of its 1984 roots, kind of comes like sandwiched in between Donkey Kong Jr. and Wrecking Crew. So it, it this is the first game where you have like two really big... Nintendo names that uh, you'll constantly be hearing again, Iwata and Sakamoto, both working on this game. And Gunpei Yokoi, who we've talked about a lot, too, he's kind of, like, in charge of all of these games. You know, he just, like, watches over them. So you have, like, you know, if Miyamoto's making Super Mario Brothers or Donkey Kong, you know, or Sakamoto's making Balloon Fight, Yokoi's the guy who's, like, really... Uh, you know, making sure that they're doing a good job. Good old Gunpei. Yeah, good old Gunpei. Before they gave him the boot after the Virtual Boy, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what is this? Uh, but we're not there yet. That's like 1994. Uh, anybody have any thoughts about that so far? I feel like I've been talking a lot. Well, you know what? Um, <laughs> none of us really know as much about the actual history of of these games. So you're, you're doing us a service. Yeah, I mean, I'll make this brief. Uh, basically... The funny story here between Sakamoto and Iwata is like Yokoi would come down, play the game in front of both of them, just be, you know, not a single word was said. He'd just get up and then he would say all of his thoughts and leave and just expect for, you know, it's going to take them a couple days to make these changes. But Iwata is like a programming genius. You know, he's just, he knows how to program and he knows the NES hardware specifically. He programmed certain changes for that they asked for in the game in just minutes, you know, and that was like unhurt. Like Yokoi was able to be in the room, watch Iwata make the changes and put put them out on a new version for him to test. That's ridiculous. It's, That's it's crazy. Uh, and then the other thing I learned from uh, this, this is all from a developer interview with Sakamoto. Uh, 
during a like Nintendo, it, it was like during an Iwata asks essentially where like they have interviews. Uh, Iwata used to do them with each person who made the games when they were going over these past Nintendo games. Really cool. I hope Nintendo continues that even though Iwata is no longer with us. I hope somebody interviews these guys because <laughs> the only way we're going to find out like yeah. Nintendo doesn't publish books on like how they do these things. <laughs> That'd be cool. So where, where are we getting all these really weird, like ambiguous quotes from? Those, yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. Those, ambi- those ambiguous quotes come from like, game magazines in like the late 90s or early 2000s so those come from like the early 90s and the 2000s and what's funny about that is like i don't know why they're able to like feel so much more comfortable talking to their boss (laughs) about these games when he's asking them questions but all of a sudden they'll go to like u.s gamer and they'll be like we like to make athletic games (laughs) (laughs) anybody who runs it makes sense it's like it's more of like an internal thing. Like you feel more comfortable, like your boss will censor anything that needs to be censored. Right. You know, right, right. As opposed to you being a representative of the company and the, yeah. And the brand. Right. Yeah. Uh, so sec, um, Sakamoto also talked about with Iwata, like how did the, uh, how did the fish come into play? And the interesting here, uh, that I learned is not that the, the fish and balloon fight, it, it's not waiting for you at all times when you're at the water. Iwata actually programmed it to swim back and forth, and that's why when you go down at certain points into the water, it doesn't there. eat you. It, it's actually, really it cool. is swimming down okay. there. You don't know. You might get lucky. You might not. Wow. Hmm. If you wait down there long enough, though, you're going to get swallowed. I thought it was just like a probability roll. I exa- that's like exactly that. what I thought, too. Yeah. But we should probably start talking about the game, yeah. though, because some people might be like, what fish? What fish? This yeah. is a game about <laughs> balloons. <laughs> So what is the game? What is the game? I'm glad you asked. Uh, the game is Balloon Fight. <laughs> no, I should not be the one talking about this, Sean. Come on. <laughs> let's do... How about before we even talk about the game, let's do some first impressions. Sean, why don't you kick us off? Hey. I really enjoyed Balloon Fight. I like the way that you moved around. It's not just a uh, left is left, right is right thing. It's all about momentum and uh, moving on like a vertical axis instead of like an X. I had a lot of fun with it. Nice. Sam? Yeah. Um, immediately, I, it felt awkward to me, but not in a way that's like 10 yard fight awkward or anything like that. It, it was awkward in a way that I can tell that this is something that you just have to get used to and then you get good at, which I thought was really cool. Cool. And because there aren't so far, I feel like there haven't been a lot of games that we've played that really like feel like that in the the basic physics of it. Gotcha. You know, I feel like a lot of games that they start feeling awkward. It's because they're awkward. Okay. This was one that starts off awkward and then you get used to it and it gets really fun. Sweet. Joe. Yeah, I, I agree with Sam there. It, it was interesting to see like the physics were kind of like your generic ice physics, but like but like even worse <laughs> in a good way, though. You know, it felt frantic, but. Um, in a, in a challenging and good way. Cool. So, uh, this isn't my first time playing Balloon Fight. I played it before, but it's funny playing it now in 2018. My first impression was actually thinking like, there's a lot like Flappy Bird. You know, does anybody, <laughs> does anybody know what I'm talking about? That mobile game that, uh, you play as the bird and you tap yeah. to keep it up. It was, it's funny that like, you know, people must roll their eyes at a comment like that because this game is so much uh, before Flappy Bird, but it just, you know, the controls made me feel like that, and I'm glad that there's so much more to do in this game than yeah. there was in Flappy Bird. I think but just th- because of how much more there was to do, I didn't even think to make that comparison. Yeah, though I will say, uh, you know, the, the, the controls and the difficulty are about the same between yeah, the two. That's true. 
So uh, let's talk about the objective of this game real fast. Uh, for the one-player mode, basically you're a guy with two balloons strapped to you. You have to pop the other uh, enemy's balloons before they pop yours. Uh, you get two, so if someone pops one balloon, you still have one more. However, the challenge uh, increases because now you don't fly as fast or as well, I guess you could say, because your left and right momentum kind of drags down a little more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're flying in like a weird space with like certain floaty platforms. It's not really clear where <laughs> this game takes place. Does anybody have any guesses on that? Like some kind of future Earth? The sky? <laughs> I don't know. Specifically at night. Yeah, at <laughs> night specifically. Like, this, this game couldn't possibly take place during the, the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how does anybody see anything? Like, well, that's why you bump into each other so much. That's true. Yeah. And then there's just those random spinners uh, yeah, all around the place that there. are just floating. So this is some kind of future. I like those spinners, though. Yeah, the future where only people get around by balloons. <laughs> I want to live in that future. Yeah, that sounds pleasant. It's like water Which world you were, just with air. Except for when you fall from the sky. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you were talking about uh, the controls, though, uh, you know, like the momentum and stuff like that. Do you want to go into a little more detail about that? Um, yeah. Uh, so basically, your means of locomotion are uh, you don't go up unless you press A or B and you just sort of flap your arms and that'll give you a little bit of a uh, a boost up and... You can hold the button down and you'll actually start to move up uh, a lot more, or you can just tap it and be a little bit more precise. Right, and that's for B and A. So, like, B you can hold down on, and A you have to, like, tap to keep alive. Yeah, A you'll just flap one time. Yeah, and I think that's kind of cool that they included both ways. B's kind of like your turbo button. You know, before that ever existed, you Mm -hmm. used to have to pay extra for a controller that would do turbo. But they put that as, like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would put that as like a default button uh, in this. That's kind of cool. And also, this is another game where you can, you know, scroll over to the other side of the screen. Another and that, wraparound that game. That trips you up way more in this game than in yeah. other games that we've played, I think. Mm-hmm. But not, it does screw you up, but it also can also be very convenient uh, for can, certain stages. you're not expecting where, an enemy, you think like, oh, that guy is all the way on the other side of the screen. I don't have to worry about him. Then he comes over and bonks you in the head. Yeah. It's that another happens. one of those. So I, I, I sometimes notice oh. the opposite where I was, I would be like, I would be going for someone, an enemy on the other side by wrapping around and I would like grossly misjudge our height differences until I got to his side of the screen and I was like, oh, he's above me. Yeah. And I think that's it. That's a really tough thing is knowing like, whether they're going to pop your balloon or not when you're very close to them, because sometimes it's just the smallest difference of height between the two of you where you wind up getting popped Mm -hmm. instead of them. It's definitely a a spatial awareness skill that you have to develop while playing this game. (laughs) Joe, what did you think of like the difficulty of the game overall? I mean, as far as just one player, it was... You know, it ramped up with each level. To be totally honest, I didn't get too far as far. You know, I'm trying to think of what round I got to. I think I got into past like three bonus rounds. I don't remember how many. Uh, okay. How how frequently the bonus rounds come up? But I mean, it didn't. It never got like so crazy difficult. It. it I was confused as to when the uh, the sea monster eats you, which is interesting that it was actually programmed to to swim around. But I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it later. But I thought it got a lot more challenging when you add another player. 
Yeah, and I do think uh, something interesting there that you mentioned about the fish, too, is, like, I really like that the fish can eat them as well. Yeah. It's kind of weird that the lightning bolt, though, uh, mm-hmm. and that, that is, just in case that's unclear, there's, a, there's clouds in the sky, too, that if you're on the screen long enough, they'll form, like, a lightning strike and then a, like, little ball of lightning, which would not have, that'd be terrifying in real life if a <laughs> ball of lightning just tr- tracked you down. But it only attacks you. It doesn't attack the enemies, and I thought that that was, like, weird that, like, other things affect the enemies like the flippers and yeah. the uh, fish but that the electricity doesn't it's, it's just another like, one of their uh, their their hurry up yeah it, it's kind of like the flames in mario brothers as soon as you said it's yeah. kind of like i was like he's gonna mention the flames because it's like i don't know why yeah. but like well, that was something we played a lot me and you played yeah. mario brothers and i think we always felt like we were doing fine until the, the fireballs show yeah. up right i don't think i even realized that the lightning was based on how long you were on the screen. I just thought it just was random. Maybe I just spent a lot of time on the screen and didn't realize it. Well, it is random. It won't, it, it's not, I don't think it's set on a timer, but it won't show up in the first, like, 30 seconds mm-hmm. of oh, your gotcha, uh, gotcha. of your balloon fight. So it's not like, one thing it's not like I, every 10 seconds or anything. No, no. No, one thing I liked, uh, speaking of just how long we, we spent on each phase or stage, um, is if you have the precision and you uh, are ready when the actual game begins, you can kind of snipe everybody before they can even get off the ground. It's the coolest feeling yeah. in the world that like they have to pump their balloons yeah. up, but you're yeah. ready. And especially in some of the later ones, they do make some pretty cool patterns that after playing it enough times, you can kind of figure out like, oh, mm-hmm. it'd be great if I went like across the screen as a wraparound, got up really high and then went down diagonally. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's really advanced thinking and that you're not going to figure out on your first time but, it's but cool. there's like layers to it like exactly that. Yeah. and that they came up with those kind of structures as opposed to just being like now nah, later on there's just no way yeah. to get anybody <laughs> it's very satisfying yeah. so it gives incentive for more advanced players which is cool yeah you know? I, I think yeah. that's the one thing i've noticed about this game is that it even though it's it's not necessarily so beginner friendly it's mm-hmm. not impossible to learn it's kind of like something that i feel like anybody could pick up and play but to sam's point you know it, the better you get at this game it's one of those like expert rewarding games kind of like some of the other arcade games that we've talked about here on the show i think like kung fu is another big one of that that like it's really challenging to get into but once you kind of figure out the dynamics of the stage or, you know, in Balloon Fight's case, once you figure out, like, the enemy patterns and how they attack and stuff, I don't think that, like, you know, an expert has too much trouble getting through, like, the beginner rounds. Yeah, I, but I also think that there isn't too much trouble. I think maybe your first couple lives you'll lose really quickly, but I think once you just get a hang of a, a, a little bit of the controls, I think that you can you can enjoy the game just as much. Like, I don't think it's like Kung Fu where you're going to die in the first level 15 times before you get to the second floor. Right. Um, I think it's more of like a guitar, like where it's, it's got a low barrier of entry, but a really high ceiling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, uh, one place where we see that most is in balloon trip. Yeah. That 
is the uh, game C. We'll go back to um, the one-player game in a bit when we talk about two-player, but I thought we should talk about Balloon Trip since it's another one-player version of the game. Essentially, this is a side-scrolling game where uh, the screen keeps moving, but you have to collect just the balloons. There's no real uh, enemies or anything except for the lightning Lightning. bolts, which are sometimes static, sometimes move in patterns, but the balloons are the only thing you have to collect, and there's like a, a rank thing up at the top right that says like rank 50 and then counts down. Anybody know what that's about? I have no the, idea. The 40-something imaginary players that you're playing with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, it's just assigns a rank to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're way ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, did you play Balloon Trip? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was, my one, comp- I guess, complaint about it, maybe I'm just being a baby, is that you only get one life. So I felt like, I felt <laughs> yeah. like, and you have to start from scratch after that one life, so I felt like I, I never got to get, get that far. You, so I guess you, it's you a setup to get one good balloon? at it. No, you. I mean, you you get hit once. You start with two balloons, but you oh. get hit once and you're dead. Oh, which is oh, weird yeah, because of lightning bolts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool though because it goes back into that uh, like expert rewarding thing, and this is sort of like a training program for the rest of the game. Like if you don't want to, if you feel like you're not good enough for the rest of the game, but you just want to focus on flying better, which will make you better at the game, then you can just jump into this one. Right. Yeah, and to your point too about like the expert thing, it's like in Balloon Trip, it's always the same layout too. Uh, so one thing that was funny is I was watching uh, something of Iwata playing the game uh, when he's the president of Nintendo of America years later on like a Game Center CX thing that's like a show in Japan. And, you know, they ask him like, oh, when was the last time you played this game? And he was like, I play this game pretty often. And then he goes <laughs> into balloon trip mode. And he, like, has, like, the perfect pattern of, like, going through this thing and, like, starts going up, dips down low, comes back up. He knows where the fish is going to be. It's really funny to watch that happen, and that's what I imagine an expert playing like. Hmm. Now, does anybody know what happens if you collect 20 balloons in Balloon Trip in a row without missing any? No. Good. No. I'm glad no one knew (laughs) because it's a very hard thing to pull off. Personally, I'll just be honest, I have not been able to do it myself. It's very hard to get 20 balloons in a row with, while dodging all those lightning bolts and also, like, you know, not missing any at the same time. So what happens is, if you do manage to collect 20, the balloons turn orange and they kind of freeze for a second so you're able to collect, like, a bunch of them before the stage continues. Oh, okay, cool. I think it's, like, a neat little thing. It kind of reminds me of how in pinball, after, like, doing a certain task, the board would change colors. Mm-hmm. That's another a thing that Iwata programmed, so it seemed like he just had a flair for, like, do these funny things <laughs> yeah. and I'll change the colors of the game. <laughs> he likes colors. Well, you know how simple they are, Sean. We were talking about that earlier in the I interviews. Like, they're like, <laughs> I like colors. Yeah, they're like, we wanted to make a game that was about colors. <laughs> <laughs> colors are good. They never said that in an interview. I just want to put that out there. Any other thoughts on uh, Balloon Trip? No. No? No. Oh, yeah, okay. Think, yeah, it was yeah. fine. It, it, I yeah, thought it, like, it, go ahead, Joe. Sorry, I was just going to say it was pretty much like once you play it for a couple minutes, you kind of have the idea of it. Yeah. This was a mode that I tried for a while. Like, I was like, oh, this is, there's, there's like a thing here, like a pattern I can figure out. I really want to get those orange balloons just to see what it's like. I wound up having to watch a video, but <laughs> it's, it doesn't feel as rewarding as getting a higher score in the one player mode because it's the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I found myself keep dying at the same points and it has like that, like frustration value where you're just like, okay, again, again, again. But after a while I was just like, I think I've seen this, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like if there was maybe some different kind of variety, like each 
stage was randomly generated or later on enemies got added or the fish started like hopping out and trying to swallow you. Like, I feel like that stuff would be cool, but there wasn't enough going on. It was just more like, you know, dodging the lightning bolts was the only thing. It's going right back to Flappy Bird. And this is like, this mode is the Flappy Bird mode. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, that's pretty accurate, actually. It, It almost just feels like, um... Like you could just, you would just use this as like a, you you're playing this game with a friend and you have like five more minutes. You're like, let's see who can get farther because you're probably not going to be in unless you're really good at it. It's not going to take that long before one of you dies. Right, right, right. And speaking of friends, that was a great segue for the two player mode. I love friends. Okay. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. I don't know. I'll put Perfect. that under the music. I love friends. <laughs> what are friends? Um, did anybody play this with two players? I think we all yes. did this time, didn't we? Yeah. Okay. Joe, you take us through. You you know, you're always the guy with the most amount of friends who plays these <laughs> well, games. This, this so. time I actually played it just, honestly, I played it uh, single player mostly. And then before, just before we recorded, I was like, I should see what this is like with two players. So I played very recently. Um, and it's it's definitely better as a two player experience, I think. Because um, it's a little more, you know, you, you can screw each other over. You're trying to get, it's the same thing. You're just trying to get more points than the other person. Um, but you can also pop each other's balloons now. So the floaty controls combined with like the frantic nature of it all makes it uh, kind of an interesting competitive, competitive experience. And even when you're not trying to be competitive, you still run that risk of popping your, you know, your friend's yeah. balloon. Like you're not trying to do it, but, you know, you're both trying to go after this enemy. And then all of a sudden it's like you pop their balloon and it's like, oh, whoa, I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, Mike. <laughs> My, Mike and I played a couple times and that seemed to be the case for, for most of it. Because I mean, a lot of times it's it's just beneficial to for both of you to not screw each other over. I would say so. I would agree with that, and I would say even more so in this game. We talked about this in Mario Brothers, where Sean was not having it. He's like, "No, you gotta kill each other in this game. <laughs> it's all about the points." In this game, the points are king still, but I think you get more points when you keep your second player alive and you help each other mm-hmm. than you would ever get on your own because you'll, also when you divide and conquer you'll get more points but you like you still run the risk of like and I did this when I was playing with you I, I knew that you kept getting more but like I was trying to be I was trying to be cooperative for once yeah so you're you're still running that risk of falling behind yeah while someone else gets and that that yeah that does happen I think uh even though we were both doing pretty good we were both at uh 200,000 and you were still like, you know, it was like when I had 220, you had 200, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, even though we thought we were close, it was a 20,000 point difference. Quite the difference. And I didn't mean to brag about that. I'm just <laughs> talking about it because we're talking about the multiplayer section. <laughs> All right. So we talked about two player. We talked about balloon trip. Anybody know about balloon kid? Is that your character? <laughs> that you know, you, you could maybe say that, but I'm not saying that. Balloon Kid is actually like the Game Boy sequel to this game. Oh, hmm. and what's interesting about that, I wouldn't even think to bring it up really, because there's been other Game Boy ports of the games that we played on NES so far, like baseball and stuff like that. But Game uh, Balloon Kid is interesting because it's not a port; it's a sequel, and it's actually like a platform adventure game. But you still have balloons tied to your body. You still have balloons tied to your body. There are stages and levels, like, totally different, totally new, and you're collecting balloons still, but there's, like, platforming challenges, and you have to, like, you know, 
a, a complete a mission you know there's a there's an actual like structure to the game that sounds cool and it, yeah it's is very it, interesting is it new water game is, uh, somehow ringing a bell to me like i i don't i don't know this game but it's when you're the way you're describing it i feel like i've seen it or played it before i can't yeah, think it, of what i think if you if you saw it you would you would uh you would probably recognize it because even though it's not like a big game in their catalog and stuff like that i think it is thought of fondly by people who are a fan of the balloon fight franchise because personally i think that that's like a really cool like next step for that game is not to just like add more elements to the arcade mode kind of like what we were talking about with mario brothers yeah like another uh if they made a you know how they make a new super mario brothers if they made a new mario brothers what would it be if they made a new a modern day balloon fight what would you add Hmm. I think the joke is always just it's an open world balloon fight. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it'd like, be like it'd be like the beginning of uh well, you know, like Fortnite or something or, or Players Unknown Battleground where you're you're all jumping from the plane, but it just you just stay there. Yeah, just stay just in, in the, the sky. Air. Just stay in the air. <laughs> so it's like a battle royale game but in the sky and you have to keep pressing the button to stay up. <laughs> for, for like forty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny here, though that. is that we don't have to we don't have to answer that question necessarily because I think they took the next logical step with it with this platforming game. I think definitely like even a 3D platformer with the balloon uh the balloon fight model would be like a cool thing to do. Yeah. I think not like I think there are I'm just trying to figure out what I'm thinking of and I and I think there are a lot of games that have that as a mini game. Like I feel like there's something with just, Pikachu uh, and balloons where you do that or in Kingdom Hearts. Flying Pikachu. Flying Pikachu. Is that a what thing? The game was Flying Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, Flying Pikachu is a thing where it's just Pikachu with two balloons tied to Pokemon right. Snap, but we'll, is yep. it anything else? No, no, no. I just, well, I mean, like, you know, it's also like a thing that they just. It's like a just, card. I know, yeah, it's a card. It's yeah. been done, you know, it's like a it's, card. It's a that's what, that's what I'm thinking of. I knew I was thinking, and I think it's in Pokemon Yellow. Not to make this a Pokemon podcast, but. <laughs> okay, so interesting, interesting thing here. Since Joe asked it earlier, I took the time to look it up. It's a Sakamoto Joint. Balloon Kid. Wow. He did. He was the director on it, and Yokoi was the producer. So they really, you know, I will say this. When Iwata mentioned that he had been playing this game for <laughs> years and stuff like that, that's probably, like, the honest truth, because Nintendo does feel fondly about this game, too, more so than uh, a lot of their arcade games. And this being, you know, brought to the NES, it also gets its own Game Boy game. It gets so many ports, it's got Down character, line too. this game. Yeah, it's got, it's, it's, got, it's got that really weird kind of, oh yeah, this is like an awkward seeming, but there's more to it, Nintendo game. Right, and, and I think like they're they're really proud of what they were able to accomplish with the controls and stuff like that too, that they brought it to, uh, they brought it to e-reader. They brought it, you know, there was an mm-hmm. e-reader version. There, It's on Animal Crossing for Nintendo GameCube. It's on every version of Virtual Console. Like, this is just a game that continues to get different versions, and I think even the Famicom Disk System got, like, multiple different versions of this game. I, uh, that's that's all great, and I really do think that this is a charming game, but we we haven't even mentioned that this started out as just a clone. What Like, it, it's a clone of Joust, right? Right, which is funny because that's another arcade game. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, we're, we're, we're louding it, and I think that it's, it's justified... But I just, I just think it's, it's funny that we haven't even mentioned that game. No, you're right, and I think like it, that is like the differential here is that like Donkey Kong is a huge arcade game. That's its own thing. Yeah. There's no game like Donkey Kong before it. This is kind of weird because Joust isn't necessarily the most popular arcade game, mm-hmm. and I think in the in the grand scheme of not arcade games, but just the grand scheme of video gaming, 
Balloon Fight might now be more recognizable oh, yeah, than Joust. Yeah. So it's funny to think of it that way, but I think like in the arcade, I think Joust pops more than Balloon Fight. I've seen Joust cabinets. Right, that's what I'm saying. But they're also fight. yeah, the balloon yeah. the verse the verse system cabinets in general, since we've been talking about them, I'll just go over that really quickly. They're they're not the prettiest looking cabinets. <laughs> they didn't they didn't really put that Nintendo flair that they would develop into their consoles and mm-hmm. boxes for games and stuff like that that they wound up doing. The verse system it's usually just like a blue cabinet with some decal stuff on the side. I see. The ones that got like the special treatment are the ones that aren't under the verse system name like Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong, The Young Junior, like those are their own standalone arcade games before mm-hmm. they develop the verse system line. And those are beautiful cabinets. I mean like whenever you see a Donkey Kong cabinet that that pops out not just from sound but also from the visuals. Mm-hmm. All right guys, so I think we've exhausted what we can talk about balloon fight here. I will just say that I I enjoy this game, and uh, since we were talking about high scores in some of the other games, I topped out at about 343,000 in this one, and I felt really good about that. Now, what was your single player? Oh, thank you for bringing that up, Sean. You couldn't let me have my moment. Couldn't. In the moment in the sky. You could have argued <laughs> that had I played that well in single player, I could have seen a 500 or 600,000 point game. <laughs> but no, in single player, I don't think I made it even above 200,000. I don't really remember. I think it was right around, like, probably 160, 170. Was my best. Okay. Well, you're still overachieving. Still, well, you know what? I will say this. This is similar to how, like, I played a lot of golf. Yeah. I played a lot of Balloon Fight. I really like this game. And speaking of talking about whether we like or dislike this game, it's time for the Essential Games List. All right, guys. Quick, took a quick break there to listen to Sam's music. Uh, this is the Essential Games list, and uh, if you're unfamiliar, go listen to some other episodes. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but seriously, listen to some of the other episodes. Uh, the Essential <laughs> Games list is where we kind of determine, like, you know, you got all these games out today, and your backlog's getting bigger and bigger, but hey, there's these games on the NES. Are they any good? Are they essential even? We're going to talk about that, but we're not talking about if they were good then. That's kind of like history has decided if these games were good back then. We're deciding if they're still good today. So with that in mind, Sean, Balloon Fight. <laughs> Sean, Sean needs a moment. <laughs> yeah, he had a tough time earlier, so we'll move over to Sam. Sam, yeah. Balloon Fight, what'd you think? Would you still play it today? Balloon Fight, I think that it is a solid game. I think that it's a fun game. It's a fun game, you know, with people, like with friends, it's great. I think that it's a game that has lots of layers that you don't usually see, but it's still not like, I wouldn't say it's essential. I, I think that it's a ton of fun. More, more if you have friends to play with, it's a ton of fun, but. No, it's not essential. Okay. I this is just something I've noticed. I love when you know that we are, we like a game. Like we would recommend it. We wouldn't say it's essential when yeah. we do the whole praise thing and then say, "But, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, cuz I can't just be like, "Oh, no, it's not essential." You know, I can I feel like I'd be a jerk if I did. That. Right, right. Cuz it is fun and there's a, you can tell there's a lot of love put into this game. Yep. Joe I, I can't imagine someone picking up this game and not liking it. It it is kind of like what Sam said. It, it is really fun. Um the control, you know, the controls and it being a two player game makes it like a good game when you have company over. But overall, <laughs> yeah, overall, I think one thing we didn't really mention was that it it is once you kind of get into it, it is kind of bare bones. It doesn't I, I can see it getting old fast. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a play it in my opinion, but I wouldn't vote for it to be essential. OK, Sean, you ready for us? I'm ready for you. Um, Let me hear it. 
See, I I'm trying to think of the other games that we've played so far and how often I'm ever going to play those again. And a lot of them are never. Yeah. And I think about Balloon Fight and I think about what kind of games are like Balloon Fight now. And there aren't that many. Like there's Joust mm-hmm. in terms of just the, the way that you play. And that's also a very old game. Um, I would say that um, I'm, I think this is an essential game. Okay. For the, for the NES. Yes. Sean, there was one thing uh, that you focused in on there that I, I was definitely going to say. So I'm going to say it again. There is not another game like this today. Like th- this is a, this is a game that you can still play uh, and has not been like reiterated a thousand times. I think it is good old fashioned fun mm-hmm. that I think you could pick up and play today. In fact, this is the kind of game that makes me wish there was virtual console on Switch, even though we all know how easy it is to get a Raspberry Pi and play these games. I would love to have this game on Switch so that I could easily just break out the Joy-Cons, yeah. play with a second player right then and there anywhere in the world. Like, you know, a game like baseball or a game like even we were talking earlier about Kung Fu. Those games don't really make me crave yeah. virtual console on Switch because I'm like, oh, well, I, you know, I can play those. You know, this is a game where I would want to have like, oh, hey, I have balloon fight on me. You want to get like a quick round in before this movie starts? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's weird. But and like sounds like a Nintendo commercial. But that's kind of like how I use my Switch. Like I use it in like rare moments where I'm like, hey, I just happen to have this out. You want to play it now? I'm not a guy who like plays his switch too much in his alone time i like to play it with friends yeah you know so this is this is a game where i was like oh i kind of wish this was on the switch and this would be a great use of it that said obviously that means that i think that this game is still worth playing today and i'm gonna put it on the essential games it's list on it's the on the list games <laughs> so list. it is an, an essential game yeah and that's you know it's funny as i knew i was gonna vote it essential days ago <laughs> but it's good that i finally was getting somebody else on board for it too uh joe how do you feel about it being essential uh, i actually I, I still stand by you know my opinion but it's not one where i'm opposed to it being essential i mean it this is this is the closest one for me to being essential that we had in a long time so that's really cool. I, yeah, I'd like to say it's not, but uh, but I don't. It doesn't upset me that it is because it's a good game. That's really cool. Uh, and so yeah, I think that you know this is a fun way. And who knows, you know, we will talk about this at the end of '86. This could wind up being an excite bike situation <laughs> where we're just really jazzed about this game right now. But then the end of '86 party comes up, and I'm like, I haven't played this game since, so I don't know <laughs> if I actually liked it. The excite bike incident. But um, I do think that uh, that's all the time we have for this episode of Nostalgia. Join us next time for Gumshoe, and be sure to play it yourself if you have a CRT. (laughs) For more Nostalgia, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen, and be sure to check out NostalgiaCast.com. That's N-E-S-T-A-L-G-I-A Cast.com. There you'll find links to the show and show notes, as well as our other platforms such as Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Thank you so much for your support of Nostalgia. We thank you for spending time with us. I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter, and I'll talk to you soon.
lot of fun with balloon shot. <laughs> <laughs> balloon shot. People really will think this game is about balloons. <laughs> I had a lot of fight with balloons. Yep. You're, you're a clown no. in a garage, and people are coming up and ordering different colored balloons, and, and you have you to make sure you have them. enough inventory. All right, that'll make it onto the the fucking shit. <laughs> That's in the post show. What are you doing? You're a mess. Do you want me to restart like the whole episode? No, like, no. I will start with ten yard fight.